0: Welcome to this BGSM podcast. My name is Stefan Griffin, a medical student at the University of Birmingham and a member of the BGSM editorial team. I'm delighted to be joined by Simon Alford, a leading UK architect and director of the London-based practice Alford Hall Monahan Morris, who is also an in-demand speaker on the topic of the built environment. Welcome, Simon.
1: Hi. It's very nice to be here.
0: You have designed a wide range of award-winning buildings from health centres to offices and are working on Google's headquarters in London. What is at the heart of your designs that make them so popular?
1: I believe that good buildings um, should flex over time. And if they flex over time, they can cope with lots of different uses. So although clients come to us with a use, we're much more interested in the idea of making places, addresses, promenades, and then allowing the life of the occupant to transform the building over time.
0: One thing that's very obvious is that all of your designs encourage movement and activity. How have you managed to do this?
1: When I first started designing buildings, there was an obsession with efficiency. And efficiency was all about the things you can easily measure, distances, routes and areas. Now I believe people are much more interested in conversation, um, chance encounter, what people call positive friction. So when we design buildings, always when we design buildings, we're much more interested in the idea of a building reflecting the city. So that in a sense, imagine rooms in the buildings are the houses or apartments or offices that you enter. And the streets, the place of social encounter in the city, are the routes to which you get to those places. So the journey within the building as is as important as the journey to the building.
0: Okay. And... Because we're really talking about physical activity and things, I know you're a big advocate of getting people more active. Can you give us some examples of how you've managed to get people more active as part of your designs?
1: The key thing is um, to encourage people to move. Now, that's a cultural position, so get off your chair and go and talk to someone rather than sending them an email when they're 15 yards away, and you might have a better conversation. In terms of designing buildings, for instance, as you walk through a door, you should see a staircase before you should see a lift. Our staircases are hidden behind two or three fire doors. Now, in all projects, what we're saying is you would see a staircase first. It might be a rather more generous and pleasant way to travel. And when you travel up that staircase, you will encounter people, talk to them, and engage in chance encounters that don't go on in a lift.
0: Okay, I see. So it's not necessarily... Physical activity as the main aim. It's physical activity as a means to increase productivity and thing and chance encounters that will benefit the company in the long run. Essentially,
1: uh, that's absolutely correct. I mean, I think you know, healthy mind, healthy body, etc. If you make a good building um, and people enjoy being there, all the things we talk about and worry about, you know, sickness, um, absenteeism, all these things um, can be somewhat addressed. A place you want to be unfortunately people work ever longer wherever they tell you and they work because of digital devices they work wherever they are including on holiday and none of those things are necessarily good for you buildings can't solve those problems but what they can say is if people are spending more time in a building then make the life within that building more pleasant and pleasurable and also if you can in a large building Um, let's put in amenities so in the white collar factory which we're building up the road on Old Street which is a speculative office built by a developer, Derwent London a very imaginative developer to be led but the idea is that you come in there's a big public garden before you come into the building when you get into the building you see that staircase you travel up that rather than the lifts if you do go to the top floor you get a lift the top floor is communal it's not private there's a club there's a running track and that's a normal building, but why not? Why not use um, the skyline? Why not use every part of the building? But not in all, you can't rent those facilities, but as proven by our work with Derwent and others, if you make a really good building with lots of spin-off amenities, and you know a great restaurant or a crash, or a gym or a bar and all those things I mean it's not a puritanical existence then actually people will want to be in that building and you will benefit from that as a developer as well as as a tenant
0: okay that's absolutely fascinating thank you moving to a broader topic now physical inactivity has been labeled as the biggest public health problem of the 21st century if you were in government what would you do to get people moving more as part of daily life
1: We talk a lot about making better places. I think historically um, governments, for instance, have talked about let's deliver 80,000 units of housing. Well, 80,000 units of housing is a number. Um, It may sound good, but it could be disastrous. What you've got to deliver is a place for 80,000 households to enjoy living in. And that involves streets, parks, schools, playgrounds, better housing, decent balconies, Running tracks on roofs, sky gardens, swimming pools, gyms, make a school work harder. You know, for instance, schools are built and they're closed from sort of three o'clock. Make all your buildings work harder and longer. We shouldn't have anything called a community centre, in my opinion. A school or a medical building should be the community centre. It's the place where people go, not just to get prescription drugs, but to actually kind of engage in a kind of social um, network, support network and, yeah, a place of community gathering.
0: For people who might want to implement some of these findings into their day-to-day life, what would you say, and what what few things would you advocate to people to be able to build the things you've talked about into their lives, and how maybe they can modulate their environment to be more active?
1: You can't make an unhappy couple happy by building them a nicer home. So buildings can't dominate and shouldn't dominate people's existence what they can do is is support certain things so in contemporary buildings now we put in unbelievably good cycle facilities you know gym standard um, and better changing rooms clothes drying racks and these kinds of things so in a kind of active way a building can support the life of people who run into work who um, Cycling to work, people who want to go and do Pilates, which we do in the office, you know, on the roof. You know, a building so- should support and encourage these things. But you can't make someone who isn't bothered get off their backside by a better-designed building. What you can say is, is those who wish, through whatever means, to kind of do more, then you encourage that. From walking up a staircase to having a running track on the roof, they're just different versions of extreme you know extremes of activity
0: okay, thank you. Moving on to the end of the podcast now. the multidisciplinary team is a term banded around in sports medicine quite commonly. To what extent do you think collaboration is important to solve solving a public health issue like physical inactivity?
1: We always say when you know we specialize in designing buildings, we don't specialize in designing any kind of building and actually what we now say is we specialise in solving complex um, environmental problems. And to do that, we need to collaborate with a wide group of people. At the moment, that tends to be our clients, city planners and other consultants. And on occasions, when we've done childcare centres or healthcare buildings, it's involved um healthcare clients. But really, we should be kind of thinking more broadly about the problems we face with obesity and other health issues, and then just saying, well, perhaps, you know, a conference like the one that you're um, calling to being would be a good way of stimulating the idea that maybe we should get out of our environmental world and start thinking about the kind of some of the medical problems, and maybe the medical profession should get out of their diagnostic world and start thinking about environmental issues. And if you do that, then perhaps we will all open our minds up a little bit to the bigger picture, which is how to make people's lives uh, more enjoyable in whatever way we can, and that can be also not being active and kind of chilling out and having a rather relaxed time. I don't want this to become a kind of moral condition that if you're not exercising, you're not allowed in.
0: Nice. No, I think you've mentioned the the million dollar question. This all it's all about balance. But how can we change society and change the environment so that there's a lot of collaboration to end in a in a, in a big goal, which is improving the health. Of the nation essentially. Thanks very much Simon for a great insight in how to adapt the local environment to encourage physical activity, a key issue and something that will be new to a lot of our listeners. For those wanting to hear more, you can hear Simon talk at the upcoming Exercise Medicine Conference at the Royal Society of Medicine on the 19th and 20th of June, details of which are in the description to this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening and please do get in touch with the BGSM via Twitter at BGSM underscore BMJ facebook or google plus if you have any questions or suggestions for future podcasts and likewise don't forget to download the app have a great physically active day